the most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are America, one voice, united we stand. And to all of the naysayers, and to all of those that would like to destroy the future of the greatest country in the world, our message to them is the same as my grandfather's. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, get out of the way. Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we are going to tell you the truth, give you the facts, because we want you to be better informed to help make this a better United States of America. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Hello, Jamie, and welcome. Hey, Herman, how you doing today? Fantastic. Well, the debate stages are set. Eight on the big stage. What is it? Four on the early stage? Yeah, two people got pushed down from the main stage to the pre-debate debate. And as I said yesterday, I thought it would be Chris Christie and then maybe the outside chance of Mike Huckabee. And that's exactly what happened after uh, the Wall Street Journal and the Fox Business Network made their choice of polls. Can I just interject, Herman, as a, a, a total you know, card-carrying member of the super-liberal media? Uh, can you imagine the outcry if this had been ABC or NBC making this kind of cut, but instead... You know, Fox is the one that does it. So uh, I think it uh, it insulated the, the news media a little there. And obviously, it's a setback, let's be honest, for both Huckabee and Christie. I mean, I don't think it's yeah. a death blow or anything, but right. you and I both know you're not going to get as much coverage being down in that first debate as you do in the main debate. That's just the way it is. And by having eight on the stage, boy, that's a lot better than 10 or 11. It's still probably too many, but it will give more of an opportunity to the remaining eight. Now, also, not only did Huckabee and Christie get pushed down, but then two people got pushed out. George Pataki, who had been getting zeros in the polls, and Lindsey Graham, who got some in one poll, but not any in others. Uh, you know, let's face it, the former New York governor, George Pataki, had not made much of an impact, and I don't think anybody is going to really uh, see that as a, 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 you know, moving backwards or anything like that. Lindsey Graham, I mean, for as little support as he's gotten, at least he's been entertaining in the pre-debate debates, yeah. but obviously he has not been able to move up. And So, yes, eight on the main stage on Tuesday night, four in the pre-debate debate, and again, we see how these debates have winnowed the GOP field. Do you think that the Fox Business Network, with its uh, moderators, are going to stick to business, economics, That's jobs. what they say they'll do, That's so I guess say. the proof will be in the pudding. Yep. And, you know, again, we've had so far, uh, I thought that the, you know, obviously the last debate did not go well on some of the questions. Uh, the CNN debate at the Reagan Library I thought was fairly well done. Uh, the Fox debate, the first one, they took flack from Donald Trump and some others, frankly. So, look, there's going to be there's going to be people who are not going to be pleased one way or another. With When you have 11 people up on the stage, it's impossible to make sure that everybody gets asked a good question or that everybody gets to weigh in. Even with eight people, it will be unwieldy, but it will seem much less so. Now, looking at the stage, the way they've got it arranged, Jeb Bush and Marco Rubio will be right next to each other. Rubio will be right next to Donald Trump. And uh, then on the other side of Trump will be Ben Carson and then Ted Cruz. So it'll be interesting to watch. And that's Tuesday night. So this is uh, two debates in two weeks. This will be in Milwaukee. 
And uh, there's also word, uh, you know, talking about Milwaukee makes me think of one thing, and that is the guy who's not there, Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin, who had ran and then got out of the race. He's going to do an event on education the day before the debate with uh, Jeb Bush uh, outside of Milwaukee, and then supposedly he's going to meet with Rubio, really? too. So, I, you know, I just sort of wonder uh, if Walker, I, I would assume Walker will be there, you know, just a big event happening in his home state. Does he come out and endorse? Does he tip his hand one way or the other, or does he just sort of smile and grin and bear it, since I'm sure he'd still like to be there? Now, if Jeb Bush goes after Marco Rubio Tuesday night, he's done. That strategy has not worked. No, it hasn't. Rubio. I, it's interesting all. because there's a there's a group that is a, a super PAC out there that is a pro Ted Cruz group, and they have started some anti Marco Rubio radio ads today. Uh, and I'm going to be interested to see whether you know we start seeing spending along those lines. Jeb Bush, this other uh, story that I want to get to that I, I, I talked to you a little bit about yesterday, and I wrote it. I put it up on my blog at jamiedupree.com, and I put the link up on Twitter as well at Jamie Dupree. It's hard to believe, but today we have one of our first real deadlines for the presidential race for Republicans, and that comes in the state of Alabama, which votes on March the 1st in, in that primary day. What you have to do in Alabama by close of business this evening is you have to get your delegates qualified and registered. There are 47 delegate slots. They actually, the names of the delegates go on the ballot in Alabama. Most states don't do that. They hand them out afterward. So you've got to really put together your delegate slates, which, what does that mean? You need to find people who are willing to pay the, uh, the fee, sign up, do the paperwork and go on the ballot on a line underneath your name as the candidate. It's not always that easy. Uh, but looking at the numbers as of late last night, Donald Trump, Ben Carson, Marco Rubio, and Ted Cruz were closing in on that 47 number of the delegates. And then you had, uh, they're the top four in the, in the polls. Right. So they seem to be the most uh, organized. And then you go way back to Rand Paul, who is down at about 20-something, and Jeb Bush at 18 out of 47. So Jeb Bush isn't anywhere close right now to organizing a full slate of delegates in Alabama. And you know, Herman, that little stuff like this can trip you up. We go back to Virginia four years ago where Newt Gingrich and I think it was Rick Santorum did not get the necessary signatures, and they weren't able to get on the ballot in Virginia while, while Ron Paul and, and Mitt Romney did. And these are the little things along the way that can raise questions about whether your campaign is really ready. And I have to say, you know, Bush still has time. He could send in all those, uh, you know, items today. But we'll have to wait and see. One interesting thing, too, I was looking through the names on Rand Paul's delegates, and there's a name in there that matches the name of the woman who's his main press person. And she is from Alabama, I think. Right. But it just shows you that even Rand Paul needed to get one of his own staffers to sign up as a delegate, if that is her. It's the same name. She won't respond to my emails or my uh, or my tweets to find out if it's the same person. But Rand Paul having problems organizing in Alabama, his father had none of those problems four years ago. Now, what, what are the implications if they don't? Well, if you don't have people up there, then those delegates, even if you won, would go uncommitted. And technically, they'd, in the end, probably... Uh, uh, you know, be voting for you, but you wouldn't have your people in there. You know, you didn't introduce another element of uncertainty. And again, if you can't get your people on the ballot, you're not going to win as many delegates. That's just the way it is. Oh, so you could still be on the ballot, 
the yes, primary ballot. Exactly. It's just that you don't have you don't have delegates. Doing delegates that. that have already committed. And they split to them you. up. There's 26 yeah. in Alabama that run statewide, and then there's three in each congressional district. So 26 plus three times seven districts that comes to 47. Right. The other thing is, as of last night, not all the Republicans had paid the ten thousand dollar filing fee to get on the ballot. Rand Paul has not paid that fee as yet. He's the way his campaign operates. They wait till the last minute, from what I've found, to make those type of payments. Uh, Rick Santorum has not paid that money yet either. So we'll see after close of business today whether there's any surprises about who is on the ballot and who is not. These are this is like what I would call Herman the game within the game. Everybody right. watches the stuff going on in Iowa and New Hampshire, but behind the scenes, there are all sorts of deadlines, all sorts of filing requirements, all kinds of fees that have to be paid. And if you're not organized and you screw up, boy, it can be a big setback. Yes. Amazing. Well, the, the, you're going to be at the uh, debate coming up on Tuesday night, right? Yeah, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. So we'll see, uh, you know, with eight people up there, the dynamic obviously gets a little different. Uh, we'll have to... You know, we'll have to see exactly where it goes and everything like that. But uh, I, I still think, again, as I said earlier, it is bitter medicine for both Mike Huckabee and Chris Christie to be pushed down, especially since uh, Christie had been getting better and better right. uh, favorability numbers in some of the polls. It just hadn't translated itself into support. And also, he um, I think he'd done well in the last couple of debates as well. Here's some news that's just coming in in the last few minutes, Herman. Uh, uh, the White House has just a few minutes ago set a uh, an event with the President and the Secretary of State coming up in about a half hour. A lot of people initially thought, well, this must be about the ter possible terrorism and, and that Russian plane uh, that was brought down over uh, the Sinai in Egypt. But no, this is going to be an announcement on the Keystone XL oil pipeline. Evidently, we're going to get the official announcement today from the State Department and the President that the Obama administration will reject the application to build the Keystone XL oil pipeline. It only took about six years to get to this point. So that yep. news coming out of the White House now in the next half hour or so. The only thing that will surprise me will be the excuses they use as to why it's being disapproved. I'm not going to be shocked. A lot of people aren't going to be shocked that they're going to disapprove it. That's why they drug their feet for nearly six years. Yeah, I think there's a lot of Republicans, obviously, who would just rather that it just happened a long time ago rather than wait 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 and drag it out uh the other day uh, you may have missed it the the firm that is behind this in canada they had asked for their application right. to be delayed yes. and the white house suddenly seemed to sort of get everything in gear and sense that now was the time and so we're going to get that uh that announcement now in the next few minutes at the white house that the administration is giving the thumbs down officially to the construction of the keystone xl oil pipeline seven years uh, that this review has been going on and certainly been a big flashpoint in the debate over climate change and more. Absolutely mind-boggling, but, you know, what What else is new? Now, the closing of Gitmo, I know yeah. that the administration is still trying to push, and uh, Senator Roberts of uh, Kansas is pushing back by holding up a nominee for the Secretary of the Army. Yeah, not only holding up nominees, but then yesterday, it was about the time that we got off the air, the House of Representatives had uh, approved a revised uh, defense policy bill that will go down to the Senate and then to the President that has provisions in it, again, that say, no, you cannot move these detainees out of the terrorism jail at Guantanamo Bay. You cannot bring them to any jails on U.S. soil. Uh, and it passed with 
370 votes in the House of Representatives. You only need 290 to override a veto. So uh, I'm sure that the White House would like to put some heat on Democrats in the Congress not to back that. But I think that's probably going to go down to the president from the Senate, and then we'll see in the next couple of weeks whether or not the president wants to veto that. He's made very clear, and as we talked about yesterday, a spokesman made very clear that they reserve the right to use uh, administrative efforts, uh, sort of an executive action, to try to shut down the terrorism prison at Guantanamo Bay. It was one of his initial types of uh, of pledges during his 2008 run for president and I don't think uh, the the desire has not waned at all at the White House in this administration to try to do that and I would think that'll be one of the main things they'll be trying to do before the president leaves office in January of 2017 what group is that supposed to satisfy other than well I think well, there's a lot of Democrats who who really do want Gitmo closed and uh, for a lot of Republicans obviously that's just the wrong answer period end of sentence thanks a lot Jamie see you next week Herman you're listening to the Herman Cain show